Hi, this is David Bedford, author of Liddypool and the Fab 104. You're listening to the fascinating Fab 4 Free For All. And welcome to another edition of Fab Four Free For All, the uh, sort of whenever. whenever we get around to it podcast or radio show on the internet. And uh, I'm Tony Chaguardo, your moderator for this episode. Joining me as they always do, thankfully, my good friend, Mr. Mitch Axelrod. How you doing? And my good friend, Mr. Rob Leonard. Hello, everyone. Hello, Robert. It was and actually very animated. I should start over. Hey-ho. <laughs> Hi-ho. Hi-ho. <laughs> we are actually kind of covering a topic that you know, I don't know. Have we been have we been kind of dodging this yes. topic? Yes, I think so. There's no two ways about it. We've kind of been dodging. We've covered all of John Lennon's musical albums. We've not touched any of the unfinished music records right. yet because it's unfinished. Because the shows are unfinished. No, the sh- albums are unfinished. The albums are unfinished. It's well, called unfinished, yeah, so we can't well, do it unless he finishes it. There's rumor that I hear that there's an unfinished music number four that was found, which will be interesting to see what Paul's going to finish it. Paul's going to finish it. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. still had an orchestra. Are you serious? Yeah, You're I not am. Joking? No, I'm not. So we are actually going to talk about uh, the only John Lennon musical LP that we've not covered, uh, released in 1972. And, well, uh, ones that weren't posthumous. We haven't talked about things like acoustic, acoustic and stuff. Yeah, we'll yeah, get right. to that at well, some point. Well, the anthology. We never talked about that. Yeah, right. absolutely. But yeah. Right, right. That's true. And we will get to those as and well. And Milk and Honey was our previous His studio albums while alive. How's yeah. that? Okay, yeah. that sounds good. So uh, we are going to take a close look at the album sometime in New York City. Now, wait. Everybody, please do not click off yet. Because nice. it's going to be... No. You're going to have people who say, oh, I don't want to hear about this because I hate the album. Look, if they stayed with us for Roto Reviewer and Ringo and the Bad Fourth Boy, and yeah. Bad Boy, they're going to okay. be with us for this one. But they should stay here because yes. there's a lot to talk about and it's interesting stuff. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's us. It's an important album. In for a better way. or for worse. For better or for worse. Yes. It is an important release in John's chronology. Chronology? John, well, it's chronology is musical catalog. Okay. You know, really. Well, guys, I want to add something to that. When Absolutely. In 1980, in the Playboy interview, David Sheff showed him this album, and John started to wax poetic about it. And if you remember some of the accusations of for John and Yoko in 1980 about their their interviews, they were trying to whitewash some of the past. They were being accused. I didn't think they were, but some people accused it, and... One of the things that John, he picked up this record and he started looking at it and, and he was talking about you know how Yoko came up with Nixon and, and Mao dancing together and you could tell he was proud of it, but there are other parts of the time where he has downplayed it. It's so. funny because in 80, it was only eight years old. Yeah, if you think about it, you know, it's hard to believe. If he looked at it now, I mean, yeah. obviously he can't, but I, would, I wonder what he would have thought because it was only eight years and I think that's a good starting point, actually, because I think later on we'll get to what he said in the 1980 interview, which actually negates this album. Well, we don't have to say it now. Right, well, right, one, right. one okay. of the things that I find interesting, too, and we'll talk later about consequences of the album, but one of the things that I find interesting is that the album overall, is a, it's not even thinly veiled. It's a, it's a really a double-barrel attack on the Nixon administration. You mentioned Nixon. Yeah. And also of the times. Oh, absolutely. You know, but, but one of the things that I have to wonder if for John himself, if there's a pain attached to this record, we talked about his time away from Yoko. And if you think about it, 
his incredible reaction to Nixon's reelection right. that night when he just grabbed a woman and took her into the next room and et cetera, et cetera. And didn't care. And didn't care. And, and Yoko, and you know, Yoko has talked in the about room. Now, and Yoko's right. in the next room. Yoko's in the next room while John is fornicating with another woman. Right. So I have to wonder if, by, if in 1980 the, there was still this, this connection to that period of John as a radical that, let's face it, ended with his estrangement from Yoko. Yeah, immediately. I mean, essentially, it was radical, 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 radical. Nixon gets reelected. Done. Bang. They're, no more. They're done. They're no done. More. Right. He stops being a radical, and he becomes the, the lost weekend, John. It's, it's the next phase. Well, he becomes the drunk John, yeah. But right. that's for, not for many months later. And also, you know, well, it wasn't- Many months later, but, it but wasn't, Yoko said that was her, her that was the beginning emotional of, right. detachment yes. from him at that point. But he could have easily gone on to other politicians that he may not have enjoyed. No, you got to remember, it wasn't just John and Yoko- and well, the Nixon administration, it was a lot of people who, when Nixon won again, everyone thought, oh, McGovern's, you know, he's, he wants peace, he wants to end the war. And then, you know, a couple of weeks before the election, they they basically figure out the, the Vietnam War is gonna, supposedly going to end. It didn't really end yeah, right, uh, for right. a few more years after that, actually. But um, a lot of people, a lot of lefties um, thought that Nixon wasn't going to win. And he did. He, he It wasn't just... That he won, he won forty nine states. Yeah, by a landslide. Yeah, and yeah, and John, but John started, thought, but you know, but John thought by him being an activist and the voice of the activist groups of the yippies and all that, that maybe he could influence people not to vote for Nixon. And we'll talk a little bit about the intended tour. Yeah, right. But had the intended nineteen seventy two tour happened, well, he chickened out. He chickened out, but I, I don't know. I think by then he, there was already this feeling that there were nasties in the bathroom just below the stairs. I mean, I think he really thought that somebody was listening to him and, and somebody were. was already... They were. They were bugging well, they were, the phone. Yeah. No, so I the truth think... is, you know, did he chicken out or was it essentially... If he'd have tried to do the tour, I think... And what we're talking A about preservation is... preservation of life. Right. What we're, what we're talking about is 1972, there were plans that well, we Jerry should... Rubin and Abby Hoffman and those guys who John had uh, aligned himself with wanted to go out on tour and wanted to basically bring in the 18-year-old vote, which was new at the time. This was the first presidential right. election. The 18-year-olds were going to be eligible to vote. So John Lennon asking 18-year-olds to come out and vote... Now, if you take 1972 and you go back to 1964, that's eight years. Those were your 10-year-old Beatlemania Beatle fans who were now going to be 18 and going to be voting. And if you have John Lennon telling them on every stop on the tour, well, get out there and vote. 19 and 20, too. Yeah, and 20, I should say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah absolutely. As well, right. Yeah. right, right, right. That's true. Right. You had, you, you had the gap. You had the, the 18 gap, to yeah. 21. 21 had been the previous voting age. Now you took it down to 18. You had millions of, of new voters. But I think we went there. a little too far already because... Well, we did. Let's, let's talk yeah, about we, the background on the we album. We really should because absolutely. it's this album that put John on the FBI map. Absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah. that whole yeah. Nixon on the, the cover, I mean, as we'll talk about. Well, let's... But we should, we should really start by saying well, this is his third solo album. Okay. Well, third post-Beatles album. Okay. Fifth album with Yoko. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah, it's only 1972. The Beatles just broke up in you know, 1970. Right. And as we talked about earlier, the, the earlier albums 
John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band being the first, you know, full-scale originals music album, was was John purging himself emotionally? 1971, you still have a connection back to the Beatles with George playing on it. You know, oh, Ringo uh, Ringo's playing, playing on the playing first on one. It. Right. Ringo's playing on the first one, right. So you still have connections back to the Beatles on those first two. This is also now the first album that you are divorced from any real Beatle-related involvement. Because you could so not... So let's go there. You, right, because you couldn't be Beatle-y for this. You know, you're not going to say, Nixon sucked, woo you know, I mean, no, no. Well, joke. there was this. There was revolution. <sighs> give me Time some out. truth. It's an anomaly. <sighs> give yeah, me but, some well, truth. Give me some truth was tricky written, dicky. Right. Give, give me some truth was written during the Let It Be period. But that could have. You know. Yes. It, but with this album, once he made this a full political activist album, the Beatles never did that. You know, the Beatles may have no, done, said, like, no. well, you That's say you want a revolution, but even revolution, although Don't it you know she didn't count me out in. He right. still was unsure he, where he exactly. wanted to go. And also, it was more generic. It re- I mean, yes, he said Chairman Mao, but that was against Chairman Mao. That wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, and Richard Nixon and Chairman Mao. I mean, really, right. it was much more universal. Um, That's true. That's a, a song well, we have to remember, too. anything on here. We have That's to remember, too, well, that maybe he, not he hadn't yet moved to New York. Well, that was another thing. That's so. that's the big thing. I think what September of seventy one he moves here. Yes, about that. Yeah, and yeah. right away gets a call from the Yippies, from Abby Hoffman, and from uh, what's Jerry, Rubin. Jerry Rubin. Opportunists, much? Absolutely. They Without knew what they had, and and that's, Without a doubt. but that bothers me too. That bothers me a lot. Well, it because has. you know what, they uh, John came to New York looking for anything. For freedom. N- n- well, I, I no, do he, think he, so. he wanted to get free- out of London. Well, that's what I mean, looking right. for freedom from that path. But in England, they weren't accepting of Yoko the way he would hope. You know, he is, he's still madly in love with her. Course, and yeah. going to New York, it's her home turf, but at the same time, he, he starts to walk around and no one's bothering him. And we know how important that was to John. And he he talked about that in many interviews about why he loves New York. But the love That's for really Yoko was point. yes. Yeah. But the love for yeah. Yoko was not really here either. It this really was. It was well, okay. It, it, it was reason, it, one of the reasons they moved here. Absolutely, and also too, if you think about it, at the it same time, he's coming off the tail end of his involvement with Yoko's people. Really, I mean, if anything, if Abby and Jerry had not gotten hold of him, would he have kept doing films with Jonas Makeless? Would he have been doing things like Free Time? You know, look it up Good online. Point. His Good appearance, point. their appearance at Syracuse University with them doing some really cool, funky interaction with the audience, almost antagonizing the audience, and John doing some really artsy things. Had those two not gotten their hands on him, would he have gone on? I mean, it's all speculative. Yeah, but, we don't know. I mean, Right. But, would he have gone on to be more involved in the art scene? You know, if a bunch of Broadway people had reached out to him and said, John, man, we really dig it. We want well, to work with you on that. I mean... With yeah. the show, I mean, yeah. but he didn't really get no, that's involved. A, that's in a it. good point. If, if let's say it wasn't Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman, let's say it was an artistic side of it, right? You know, instead of Jerry, and instead and, of a negative side, right? Of it. Well, I, yeah, well, I mean, some people will also say that Jerry and Abby did it differently. If protesting, they they did it with a slight bit of wit in certain ways, not always. They did it with a bit of wit. I mean, you know, which John was perfect for. Yeah, which John yes. would appreciate. Yeah. That but he wasn't wit. very witty, though. He, I think, he was so. There's no part of this whole activist thing in 71 where you look at John Lennon in any interview and you say, oh, he's funny and witty. He was serious and scared, I think. Did he go in that direction? I don't think he was scared, but I think 
Well, I, he got scared right after all the rallies and stuff when the FBI started yeah. putting him on Well, the yeah, when he started hearing clicks on the telephone, yes. that, you know, he knew what was going on. There was he, no wit involved there. And though. when he came out and said, oh, I think I'm being tapped, everyone sort of laughed at him. They don't know what he was doing. Paranoia. Well, it wasn't, it's not paranoia if it's true. Well, no, but it, they right. were saying it's paranoia. Right. Yeah, they didn't yeah, know that's it was true. And other than, you know, smoking grass at that point, he was clean. He was. He, they, what they weren't using at that point, allegedly. Would he have gone in that direction if he had not felt in some way that the bed-ins were a disappointment or that the bed-ins had, I mean, I don't want to put it, but it failed to stop the war? I think the bed-ins worked very well because people talked about it. The bed-ins did work very well, but you know what they wanted? War is out. They wanted to end the war. They they thought that the bed-ins were going to, that everyone was going to react. Ego. Come on. You're right. Way You're big right. ego, because no one person is going to stop the war. Sorry, John Lennon or anybody else. I don't, I don't think John else. and Yoko thought they were going to stop the war. I think they wanted people to They wanted to be part be, of it. They wanted. I think they wanted to be influencing the anti-war movement. Absolutely. Yes. But, but why pull away completely from the idea of the humor of the bed-ins, the uniqueness of the bed-in? Why fall in step with other people's ways to do it? How were Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin they so— They were established— they were there. Right. They were in New York. And John and Yoko right. were not. I, I, right. I think establishing a point of them being in New York and they arrive in New York, it's like if you meet someone, well, I'll give you a tour of New York City. You know, it's the same type of thing. Well, as, as much as John the Feminist comes out here with some of the songs on this and some of is it interesting to find, too, that John the Feminist got out of Yoko's world, the art world, into something that he was dragged into? Well, they were both dragged into it. They were, but but was, it really was the celebrity of John Lennon. It was the celebrity of John Lennon. But here's the thing, though. Let me let me ask you a question. You brought up in. a little bit of a point there, a good point. I wanted to just touch on. And again, this is all speculative. But if he had not joined up with them, if he had said no, and said we're in New York now, we want to feel the vibe of New York. We just want a little peace, right? And let's just say they did not do the activist thing. I mean, they probably, you know, they would probably march with others, but it's so weird to think what would have happened because I don't think you meet the elephant's memory. You don't do sometime in New York City. You don't. That's true, but you just keep doing albums. And does John Lennon then live a stress-free life because now he's not being deported, or or they were trying with the drug bust? And speaking of stress-free, I mean, let's face it: Abby and Jerry and their direct involvement with John was a big part of the of the cause of the stress. If John had uh, yeah. gone out if John had gone out on the road and said, you know, we gotta get this Nixon bastard, you know, we gotta get him out, you know mm. and all of a sudden it was, you know, we gotta get to Nick well, you know what, let's bring out the vote. Let's tour. Right. And if he had just done a tour without the involvement without of the, the involvement of the yippies and said, you know what, we're here, we're out on the road, we gotta get rid of that Nixon. But, but, and, you, know, but you know what? He by, still would have been put on the list. But he, he would have been put on the list, but the tour would have been booked. No, he would have been on the road. No, and no, you know no, he, he wasn't a citizen. He didn't have a green card. They would have found a way to get rid of him. By hanging out with Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin, it sort of establishes John's credential whether you like it or not with it the did, left yeah. side of what was going on in politics at the time. But I think the other side of the coin is, think about when John and Yoko were on Mike Douglas and they had Jerry Rubin on. And Jerry Rubin is flipping out with Mike Douglas. It's almost not real when you watch it today. It's, because yeah, it's, Jerry is, it is, is, very surreal. is yeah. really yelling 
and going crazy. And John is is trying to pull him back and, and not correcting him, but he's trying to restate what Jerry's saying to a more mainstream audience. And I think that's what John needed to be more towards the middle, even though he's hanging out with the lefties, because he could reinterpret what they're saying. You know, he doesn't want to go to the stock exchange and throw dollar bills on right, the floor like right. Ruben and, and Abby Hoffman. But that's still the point, though. If if it had been done in a quieter way. If it had not been a more obvious involvement of Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman in John Lennon's life, mm-hmm. and had not been wide open, would he have been a mark for the government that quickly? Maybe not that quickly, but as soon as he started with the, we got to get Nixon out, he would have been. Thank I don't know. I wonder if he would have flown under the radar. I no, wonder if it would have been like, ah, hey, he's John Lennon, he's the Beatles, you know, whatever, he's a guy, he's no, a musician. They, well, would I they think, have I, known? I think, you know? I think the fact that he... Was well, Elvis the, would have called him on. Yeah, I think the fact that he did join up with the Yippies, who already had their own, you know, they were on the list anyway. I wouldn't say he joined up with the Yippies. I think he was. I'm sorry, he was. He, he was, was with them. I don't think he joined. I don't. Up with no, them. I'm not saying he joined up with them, but they recruited him not to be a member, but just to be a voice. Well, John was a good voice for that type of stuff at the time. It's interesting. I mean, <clears> we're talking about John comes to New York. He moves to Bank Street. And there were so many directions that could have gone. You know, again, like I say, we do speculate a lot. I also know that, you know, and, and not to sound fu- not to sound funny, but a couple of months ago, I found myself in a room with one of John's friends from the period. And he said that, you know, they really just in a way wanted to just be a chill couple of New Yorkers. They really just wanted to like But they made out. their bed, no pun intended. They you're they did. absolutely right. They did. You're absolutely right. They could right. have said no. Right. And they right. could have done their own thing, and maybe they would have flown under the radar, and maybe not. But no, I, I, Jean Lennon doesn't fly under the radar. Well, you're right, but I think, as Tony pointed out, maybe it wouldn't have been as quick. Maybe It maybe was it quick, would, but you know, think about it. He, he arrives, what, September 71? Yes, yes. And he's on Mike Douglas you know, four months later, so yes. uh, February 72. February of 72. And let's, let's mention what happened there, which is connected to the release of the album, because John and Yoko and the Elephant's Memory Band, right. uh, the Plastic Ono Elephant's Memory Band, <laughs> perform a number of songs from the album sometime in New York City live on the Mike Douglas show, which was being broadcast into homes from 4.30 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. For 34 to 60-year-old housewives. Housewives very was mainstream. the demographic. Very mainstream. And you've got surreal moments. Other than the protest stuff, you've got surreal moments like Louie Nye, you know, <laughs> telling calling, people, he loves calling people. people he loves and telling them he loves them randomly from Louis the telephone a book. Louie Nye, a comic, and, and someone who's kind of associated much more with the conservative mainstream. Yeah than, you know, the well, left wing, certainly. If, if you look at the Mike Douglas appearance, you know, we, you talk about alternate ways of getting the word across. That was an alternate way of doing it. It was, but it, the problem was, like you just said earlier, the radicalness of Jerry Rubin. Right, but there was also the diet people. Macrobiotics. Mac- yes. They had that. They had they had a whole bunch of different things. It, Absolutely. If, if you yeah. look at it, it's, uh, it's like a best of early 70s but, but you also, hippie soft side of it, not, you, not the anti-war part. But the fact that he had Jerry Rubin on there. And if Ralph any, Nader. But, yes, but, but, but you, know, you had Ralph Nader. And interestingly, you had Bobby Seale on, right, too, right, who was yeah. very collected. Yeah, he, oh, was, yeah, he was great. That's the other thing. John never did anything small. So I think he just wanted to, maybe he wanted to host that week to have a voice. He did. Sure. But but 
I think if he would have just hosted that week and done the shtick with 70s and, and still got his points across. Bingo. And not Bingo. had Ruben on. He could have talked Bingo. to what Ruben and uh, Abby Hoffman wanted to say, like you said, in a more respectful, soft-spoken way and interpreted it without having that whole confrontation because now yes. people are watching yeah. this and the Nixon people must have been watching it. I'm sure and they were getting worked up and incensed. Of course. But, instead but of not by to, John Lennon. Right. By, Bingo. By Jerry Rubin. So had you but had, Jerry's only on one day. Yeah, but Jerry's only on one day, but it was an important day because it was the day that that type of message was going to be put across. Right. But I, I mean, the rest of it was I, just, you know, John Lennon with Chuck Berry. And, right. I think the reason, you know, someone like a Paul Rubin, a Paul Rubin, I know a Paul Rubin, <laughs> Jerry Rubin. <laughs> Pee Wee uh, Herman yeah. on the way in. Oh, John. No, I, I, I have a friend Daddy. named Paul Rubin. Uh, Paul Rubin. But Bobby Seale and, and even Ralph Nader at the time, who was still pretty radical, Yes. I think what John was doing since he got to choose half the guests, and, mm. and of course uh, Mike Douglas picked the other half, is the fact that this is the mainstream, and we're making the mainstream wider. So that's why you included Jerry Rubin. Whether you like what he says or not, that's a whole other thing. But it's, but it's that idea. I don't idea. think it added to John's yeah. message. It's the idea of, you I know. I think it did, because John had to sort of spin, spin yes, but Jerry John, into but the right But area. that's the point, though. But that's what I'm saying. Right. You can... He could do it whole, himself. What's the whole line? You can attract more flies with honey, right? And, and then you can That's add true. in a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. If you've got if you've got John Lennon <laughs> saying to you, you know, everybody, maybe you want to before you go vote, you right. want to think Just about think about things. Think you about don't need this, Jerry Rubin thinking, screaming yeah, and being Jerry Rubin going, well, you know, man, the whole, you know, John was much more. Plus, he was John Lennon still, and you know what? You're right. The influence of a former Beatle. Sorry, I know you. You know, but but, but he you, still was a former Beatle, and having him on the show to sing and it, no matter what he was singing was still good. I mean, singing Imagine also, right, right, you know, and, which yeah. is which is a great song, and, and, and showing and, clips from the Imagine movie. Exactly. So, but that's what you want. You don't need Jerry Rubin on there if you're going to be a right. voice of them. If yeah. they're recruiting you to be a voice, then step away. Let the voice speak. Right. I think he's, he was there to make the mainstream wider. And I also think that the argument between Mike Douglas and Jerry Rubin was was kind of a – I mean, it's it's weird to watch it now. Yes. But I think at the time, many people were having that right-left – It's of its oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Um, the, argument, the argument was of its time. Definitely. Well, the yeah. argument yeah. is of its time. It, it's also true, too, that, you know, that phrase that was being thrown around everywhere at that time, the generation gap. Yeah. That, the, you know, Mike Douglas is not of – no. Jerry Rubin's generation. No. But he, he wasn't also, that far removed, which is kind of odd in a way. Yeah, well. You know, but, but people were also laughing in the audience. Right, I mean, yeah, you know, well, well, there, but they weren't yeah. laughing with them. They were no, no. Jerry them, Rubin, they were laughing at him. I agree. And we should is, say that, you know, the person who ran Mike Douglas' show, Roger Ailes, who eventually ran Fox News. Fox and got, yeah. And so, I mean, that, you know, it's kind of weird because he was conservative then, too. So. Yeah. But I think let's yeah. get back to the album because obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've talked about a lot of this, and I don't mean to, you know, we promote our own no. episodes, but we cover a, a lot of this ground or different aspects of this ground in our 1972 episode. Right. We talk about what was going on, John's With appearance. With all the rallies. On, the rallies, John's John appearance Sinclair. on the, at the John Sinclair rally, John's appearance on the Muscular Dystrophy Telethon. With Elephant's memory. If you think about the the nine months 
I mean, he was so busy. Him and Yoko were, were They were so incredibly everywhere. busy. But promoting this. Yes. Yeah. But even which, so. was de- which was delayed in release, which is even yeah. more bizarre. Because yeah. they were doing you know. it before it was out. They were doing it before it was they out. They did it at the rally. They it, did, and they were taping it all so they could, you know. Yeah. Oh. It starts musically. Let's go to the idea that it was Jerry Rubin, if I'm not mistaken, who gives John Lennon a cassette of the band Elephant's Memory. John takes a liking to it. They had had an album out before their album on Apple. But they were hard. Uh, no, no, they were on uh, Metro Media. They were on Metro Media. John and Yoko produced a uh, record for Apple during yes. that time. Yeah, but, but I'm just yeah. saying, no, 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 they had an album out before the one on Apple. Oh, oh, said. yes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so that was yes. what John heard a tape of. Yes. Was, oh, was yes. the Metro yes. Media record that they did. You know, for this, so yeah, but for, so far for the show, we've said a lot of for better or for worse. And I'm going to say it with Elephant's memory. I like Gary Von Sayak. I mean, it has nothing to nice do with guy. personal. Yeah, nice guy and a fantastic player. In his yeah, own, absolutely. Right, but and this has nothing to do with personal. Yeah. But I think one of the pitfalls of all of the meeting with Ruben was Elephant's memory, because it was a garage band. I know John was trying to get as far away from the Beatles as possible, but I honestly. I don't think they helped his career. John, the, well, the reason why Elephant's Memory is unusual on this record, my opinion, is that John was trying to capture an urgency. I also think if you listen to tons of outtakes from this album, if you listen to the run-throughs of New York City, there are so many instances where John says, essentially to the effect, well, you know, don't keep cleaning it up. But if you clean it up, it's gonna, it loses it. And we'll change my voice, because as soon as we start hearing my voice just regular, we've, we've lost it. Because if you listen to this very same band, very same band, a month or so later on Approximately Infinite Universe, you've got Much a cleaner. totally different band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Elephant's Memory is kicking ass and taking names on Approximately Infinite Universe. Yes, but more polished. Much more polished. But, but again, is that, that the band that, or is that John's choice? That would choice be John's choice. As the it, producer. Yes. Let's well, then John it, it made the wrong choice to me. Well, as a producer. In my opinion. I, as a producer. I, I, I say this all the time. He learned how to produce with Harry Nielsen and then Walls and Bridges. He figured it all out. Not that he didn't know how to do it before, but he... I always but say Phil Spector is the producer on this. Spector's, you know, Spectre's, I know, you know it's he, a namesake. He, he's yeah. good at mixing it together. Yeah, Spector's wanking in the corner, and John's actually doing the work. I mean, let's I be think, real. That was, you know, you know Spector put his name on But it does say stuff. produced by. It does. When, yeah. when I interviewed Gary one time, he talked about the, you know, how the band was considered not as talented as maybe a, a, a band that should have worked with John Lennon. And he said something really interesting. He goes, you know, a lot of our band members were session players. You don't yes. become a session player unless you can play really good. Yes. And See, right, Gary's a right. music teacher. And He's he said we teacher. played what John yeah, and wanted. Good. And a good one. He said we played what John wanted. And you know what? I uh, Elephant's memory gets knocked a lot. But you know that's what John wanted at that time. And truth be told, when you listen, when you watch the live appearance on Douglas, yeah. they're cooking pretty heavily. And when you hear them on live in New York City in the one to one, they're not. No, that's true. But not at all. They're horrible. No, not at all. But again, that whole. That I mean, it was event. not rehearsed. I don't. Yes, the I whole event is under rehearsal. Yep. Listen to the rehearsals, and who's running the rehearsals? I know, John. I believe me. And John's know. so afraid of blowing his voice out during oh, those yeah. rehearsals, and even during the, the afternoon show, he's afraid. You know, welcome to the rehearsal. Yeah. But you know? I have a feeling if he would have used, let's just for argument's sake here, just hear me out, Jim Keltner. He did use Keltner or actually. Ringo. Keltner's on the album. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. You're right. If he would have used. Regular session men, and, I'm not, and I don't mean to knock. Sorry, is Keltner at the live? Yeah, Keltner's on the live show as well, right? Um, I don't. 
think he's on. So. I think in New he's, York City. Yeah, yeah, he's his second and he's drummer. and he's right, and he's also on. I think he's at the uh, Jerry Lewis event. Maybe. That I, I don't I'm not sure. But anyway, go ahead. Look I'm at the sorry. video again. But yeah, now that we have it, <laughs> yeah, right, in perfect shape. Yeah. But no, what I'm saying is, I think if he would have used a a band such as the one like on Double Fantasy, let's just say session musicians, or even ones he used on Wilson Bridges. If he would have well, used, if he'd them, gone to Eddie Kramer at the record plant if in '71, was it the record plant if, or was it Electric Ladyland or whatever, and said, he, "Hey, you got some people for me." Right. If he would have been more polished, this album, and we'll talk about it when we do the track, would have still been rough. No, <laughs> not yeah. as rough. Not as. Yeah, but the ly- it's the lyrics though. Yes, man. you're right. It still would have been but, that. But you know. when you combine crappy lyrics with muddy production and kind of weird well, playing, I, I, yes, it doesn't say, always work. Can you say crappy lyrics or I won't say self indulgent lyrics? But when you when you put I think in I these, will say I'll stick I'll with say crappy. crappy. I'll say dated because some of the lyrics oh, yeah. actually dated work for what they are. But there, but there are at some at the same poor... time, do you care about them? Yeah. As yeah. let's say you're outside the Beatles circle, do you care about you know some of the lyrics he sings about? That's always well, been a thing. Well, with... it was the idea. You know, Mitch, we were talking off off mic. We were talking earlier, and one of the things that I think the album falls victim to, because now we're getting on on the album. One of the well, things... no, we're not yet. Well, because I really want closer than well, we were. Can you hold that thought one second, please? Absolutely. Remember what you're saying, because I think we need to say that. These he didn't do these lyrics thinking in forty years this is going to be a standard song. No, you're because right. the album is a newspaper. He wanted to present it as a newspaper, which is why he made the cover like that in the back. So that's part of what we're saying. You know, he wasn't sitting there saying, "Wow, the luck of the Irish." You know, that's going to be my yesterday. I, I have to really think about it. So when I say crappy lyrics, I think he wasn't really. Um, focusing as much on the lyrics. He was in a way of, of getting his point across, but it may not have been the most polished lyrics be, uh, like when he did Imagine or even the later, you know, uh, next album because I think he didn't care because it was a newspaper. It was a, you read it now and you throw it away. And but the lyrics, and that's what the lyrics, it has become. There was a sloppiness to some of the some of the rhymes to yes, some of the lyrics. Well, that's oh, what I mean yeah. because um, he, he wasn't because he didn't care. It was a newspaper. You throw it out after you've read it. He, he but even a newspaper, even one that's printed the next day, has an editor well, he, who, who puts. You're right, puts but the correct. Tense John was his own sentence. editor, as we said. And, that's what but, I mean. But also, you, John wasn't thinking you're going to go back forty forty years from now and look in the archives of Daily News in New York or in the discography and say sometime in New York City was a hit. Uh, and it should have been. It shouldn't have been. It, it was just. But at the time, it was just too rushed. What he was singing about would have been current, so people might have bought it, which they didn't. Well, and but well, again, we a, go back a to the sellout record. We go back to the delayed at release. All. We also that's go back part to, of it, but not all of it. Not all of it. Well, again, what we were where I was going to say before, and what Mitch and I were talking about, sort of you know earlier in the day today, is that. This album had there were opportunities where some of the things that are presented on this album. The Ireland conflict, the plight of prisoners, etc. You know, black power. You know, anything like that. And truthfully, "Woman Is the Nigger," the single is probably the most effective track on the album. It's a great, a great it's a and the one that should have been "Power to the People" is really just a universal thought. What do you mean? I, "Power I to the People," there. which is not on the album. Though. No, it's not. I'm saying which should have been. 
Right. Because they that should have been was, on the record. But that's that's that would have been you the universality right. of it. You took exactly where I was where I'm I was sorry, leading. I no, 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 that's okay. It was great. That was good because we were talking about it earlier. But I'm just saying the idea being that there was there was a, an opportunity to go universal Instead with some of, of the specific, comments. Like Angela. Instead of Angela and, and luck Don't of say the Angela. Irish. You know, I mean, what if you'd started with, you know, Luck you know, of the Irish is actually pretty universal. Luck of the Irish is pretty universal. It Angela is. But, says but it Sunday about Bloody her. Sunday is really yeah, what oh, I meant. Yeah. You know, but if you had said instead of Sunday Sunday Bloody Sunday, what if you had started the line with, you know, you know, Tommy Flynn was an Irish soldier, you know, and you told a story. Right. And you'd created a character, you did something, something that I'll Lennon would have been you, fully I'll, capable of doing. I'll tell you why, because John Lennon wrote about John Lennon and what was You're around right. him. He always, you know, how many times did he knock Paul for writing third person stories? But it didn't You're right. work in this you know? case. It didn't work. It yeah. didn't work in this. Yeah. And maybe that's why he or brings it, that up later on right. in interviews. Right. You know, when he talks about how he writes, it all is about me. And yeah, well, yeah, but there's some because songs in here that and we'll shouldn't get, have written. We'll get to this later, but The Stones, although it's not a good song, wrote about Angela Davis in a different way. Absolutely. But, you know, yeah. but they didn't say Angela. Right. Okay. But it wasn't as good. Sweet Black Angel. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's not Angela. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's yeah. just a bad song. Well, no, but... <laughs> but, it, yeah. I mean, but it's, no, not, it's unfortunate, but it's, but it's got it's got gorgeous... That string arrangement is beautiful. Yes. We'll get to that later. Yeah. We'll get to... All right, we get to absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so do we want to take a quick break and then come back? Yes. Yeah. All right, we are going to take a quick break. The show is Fab for Free for All. I'm your moderator, Tony Chiguardo. Joining me are... Mitch, Mitch Axelrod. Rob and, Leonard. And we will be back after this brief break. Hi, folks. This is Tony from Fab Four Free For All. As Mitch has mentioned several times, the cast of Fab Four Free For All do not profit in any way doing these shows for all of you. In fact, we actually lose money because of studio time and other production expenses. Now, we have looked into show sponsors, but for a number of reasons, we've decided it would be in the best interest of all of us, including you, our listeners, not to have sponsored ads in our shows. So, what we've done is set up a Patreon account. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows artists to obtain funding from patrons on a recurring basis. Now, it can be as little or as much as you think you can send to us for the work that we put into providing quality Fab Four free-for-all shows. Now, we know that we have thousands of worldwide listeners, and if each of you just contributed a dollar a month, that's just 25 cents per episode, we would have enough to retire and not have to do these shows. <laughs> Sorry. Seriously, though, we've gotten some great feedback from everyone about how much these shows mean to you, and we feel the same way. But it would be nice if we could break even in terms of costs so that we can continue to bring these shows to you in a timely fashion. Yeah, I know, we can be delayed every once in a while, but that's because, as John Lennon so beautifully said, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. But we do vow to make every effort to have a quality show to you every week. We only ask that everyone go and visit Patreon.com to at least check out what it's all about and to see if you can contribute a little something in return for all the hard work and effort that we put into these shows for you. Just do a search for Fab Four Free For All and tell us that you give a buck about what we do. Thanks to all of you for being such great loyal listeners. And we are back. At yeah. Fab Four Free For All. And um, talking about the album Sometime in New York City. Did you know that the Face Morph label was done by Ian McMillan? Explain well, Ian, Ian McMillan. Ian McMillan shot the cover of Abbey Road. 
Yes. And he did the thing that the five thing that turns John yes. to yoga. Yeah. John turns John to yoga, <laughs> which is lovely, actually. Yeah, it, it is. I love really it. nice. And thing. it's on the 45 of Happy Xmas. Yep. Right. So, yeah. and it, but that's the label on this. Well, some versions. Some versions you get Correct. the apple. You get the apple, right. Yeah. And yeah. we should say that when Yoko re-released Walls and Bridges, she put that on there. And a lot of people get angry because Yoko really doesn't have anything to do with Walls and Bridges. Nothing. Well, they weren't yeah. going to put a morphing into May Pang. No, no. I mean, <laughs> Bless May. You is a great song oh, no, about Yoko and John. Yeah, no. But to put that on there was two years too late. I don't know why she did but that. But yeah. as we said before, before we get to the tracks, the whole thing with the newspaper, Yoko came up with the dancing naked of, of Nixon and Mao. Which is brilliant. Which it is, is brilliant. It is but really guess brilliant. what? 1972, they put stickers over it and right. no one wanted no one to sell it. it. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's like John said in the 1980s. Because it didn't matter whose ass was on the cover of an album in 1972. Right. You were you still going to put a sticker right. on it. Right. But you don't even see their butts. I mean, here, yeah, look at the picture. Uh, right. look at it. It's, it's a side the, picture. But that's not the point. The point is that people were nervous. The, John and Yoko had put themselves out naked. And now they're putting this out. And it's not a good album. And the price point of this album it was like double album because it, it, well, no, it, was, it wasn't. It was, that was no, argued. it was a little higher. But it, 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 was, it was a little bit higher than a single. They compromised and, and made it like an album. And they half. made it six ninety eight instead of yes. five ninety eight. Right. Yeah. That dollar was the reason that people get angry because. It said free record. It comes with a free second record, which was but a live not. record. Yeah. It's not because it you were a dollar. Yes. And, and back yeah. then, for those who remember, that's how you marked a record. It was five ninety eight, six ninety eight, and then it became six ninety eight, seven ninety eight, and then remember when eight ninety eight happened? Yeah. And Petty was you know, yeah. ripped up the dollar on Rolling Stone. It was a yeah. big deal. But nowadays, no one even knows. Nowadays, what nowadays, you go to buy a new piece of vinyl at Barnes and Noble. It's twenty four ninety nine. Yeah. More than that. But here's wow. the thing, though. Not as John said in nineteen eighty because you brought it up. Yeah. He said. They put the stickers all over it, and you couldn't even peel the stickers off right, without yeah. ripping the album. Right. And he said that was rough because he said even the butcher cover you could steam off, yeah. but you couldn't take that damn label off their butts. Yeah. And, but and that was The that smart was, thing to do would have been to put on the plastic, but you know, in the UK, the way they packaged it differently, there is no, right. there is no way to do so that. So the retailers didn't want to sell right. it. But we should say when Yoko re-released the album yeah. as yep. a one disc, yeah, it's if, great. on the inside, the, the, the clear the J thing, card, the, the J the, card, there's a huge picture. To, you know, yeah. to make sure. Yeah, you, know, you all got... For those I, who don't remember, here's Nixon and Mao dancing yeah, naked. Dance, and but by was, the way, it, it took an awful lot to get Nixon and Mao to pose for those. <laughs> <laughs> Early Photoshop, man. Early Photoshop. Well, he had a tricky dick. Scissors in. Well, he did have a tricky well, dick, Well, nowadays apparently. would be Trump and Kim. So. Yeah, but, here, <laughs> Lord. But, 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 you know, uh, not only was this album doomed from the beginning because it was a snapshot of the time... No matter if it was John Lennon or not, it had a lot of stuff against it. There the was, price, but you the know newspaper, what? The, it had no, a lot. I, I actually liked the cover. My problem with this album is <laughs> with what was inside it. No, it, it's a very that's true though chaotic release. You know what? The live album never should have been part of this. Well, we it can should get have to that been. Too. You're it, right. We'll get to that. It should well. have just but, been the ten songs. And but Instant Karma was a chaotic release, and guess what? It was a single, thank God, and it did well. That was a well. You say thank God because it was a single, you know, but I'm saying it was a phenomenal song. I mean, it was a, a well. That's what I mean, but he could produce well out of chaotic times. But yeah. also, Instant Karma is to me one of John's most political songs ever. But it was also this great pop song 
which some but of it was this also, happen. But it was also the big difference, Rob. Universalism. There was the, correct. We there, yes, all yes. shine Yes, on. I was about to get to that. Right. Because, Not Jerry Rubin shines on. Right. right. That's that's true. And I think that's and part. And Nixon doesn't. And give peace mm-hmm. a chance, even though the the verses are a little off. The chorus is so big and you know noticeable. Memorable. It be, memorable. It became the chant. At all the anti-war rallies, just right. they didn't sing, you know, uh, everybody's, everybody's talking, talking about. about. They just sang. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Right. Nobody cared about so, the rallies. That's important too. But when nothing you talk on about this album was chanted. The politics. You can't go around singing "woman is." You know, you can't do that. Wow. You, that sort of would have been like Mike Douglas doing it. Woman yeah. is the nigger. Well, on Dick, the Dick, shell. Remember, Dick Cavett had to read the announcement. Oh, he, yeah. but he, but he yeah. did, but yeah. he did it, yeah. and he basically just. I mean, he did it straight. It was he great. It. He read it, but it aired. That's he read it, thing. and he obviously read it with serious contempt. Yep. And, 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 and again, without touting us, if you want to hear that talked about, go check out on YouTube the uh, Fab, Fab Forum, F O U R U M. Original Fab Forum. Yeah, visit with Dick Cavett yep. talking about that event. Yep, was uh, you know what, though? Event. This album, because it didn't do well for many reasons, which we just said, as you've noted, it put John into a funk. And also, I'm glad you brought up the interview, because John in 1980 said I was a phony radical. Guess what? This was his radical point. So he never did it again. And he was a phony radical, because if he was a true... No, he wasn't. uh, Yes, he was. We've we've argued about this before. No, because if he was a true activist, he would have kept doing it throughout his years. And that's one thing I want to say about this album. The question is, and I do, I mean, I agree with you. We talked about the whole of the phony radical idea. You said he stopped. So he did, he stopped, but sometimes the thing, too, is that when somebody tries too hard, yep. you, Which you, he did you think that there may be a degree of phoniness underneath it. When, and and but I am saying there was. I think there was a degree of phoniness under what John was doing, because he, uh, let's face it, and you said it too earlier, and you, I mean, in a way, he wanted to be loved. He wanted to be embraced. If the radical left were going to be the ones who were going to love him and embrace him, Great. Well, but he's already part of that group in his head. In his in head, his he head was. Only. So, but but again, it's that idea I, I think, of is there a phoniness aspect? I don't, but it's also the idea too. Let, let's face it. I'm agreeing with you. I thought there was a phoniness too. But at the same time, any degree of radicalism that he was going to carry forth from '72 on, he had the snot beat out of him by the Nixon administration and by them I, trying he, to deport him. And so, how even if he wanted. To try to stay radical. Here's how. How could he have done okay. it? Okay. As we had talked about, if he would have, instead of putting out a whole album of this stuff in our face and one shot, if he would have throughout his career done one political song on each album, it would have been just as effective and he wouldn't have gotten killed by this. And would the argument have been effective of, you know, well, you know, I'm just an odd John Lennon and I'm not making any trouble and I just want to be allowed to stay in the country. And would that have still worked with one radical I, song on each album? No. Yes. With, yes. No. 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 You know why? I do think so. Did this work? No. No, it didn't. But I'm just saying what we're talking about is what the I'm saying, reality. He still, could words, have been, he still could have been his radical self, mm-hmm. still said what he had to while touring or while promoting. No, no. But, no, but Mitch, no, what, what no, we're no. saying is we're saying with the idea of this album having happen yeah and then moving forward and carrying forward with radical ideas 
Could he have done that? No. With, You're right. With the but FBI. If, but if this home. album had not have happened, for, first of if all, it would have, I think it would have been just as effective. I, first of all, to call him a phony radical, I think is is totally wrong. He called himself. I know a phony that, radical. but I think he was just protecting himself in 1980, coming back from being away from five years, and and Reagan being elected president. Yeah, he didn't want to cause waves he, in, or else he his double want, fantasy you know, wouldn't sell. Think about it. When he did come together at Madison Square Garden in 1972 in the night edition, what? What's the line? He says, come together right now. Stop the war. That is just as radical as anything on this album. And it was just one line. But we knew of John's So he didn't have to do this album. We we knew of John's. You're right. But he thought, you know why it worked? Because John Sinclair. He writes a song. Bingo. To a point. Two days later, look who's out of jail. John Sinclair. John Lennon's probably saying to himself, oh, my God. I wrote a song and this guy's out of jail. And John Let's see Lennon what else is, and we John can Lennon do. is almost deported because of that. Right, but he didn't know that at the time. You're right. But he, it, you know, there was a, there's a lot of brass knuckles fighting when you want to try to stop a war because it's not just the but, politics of the government, it's the politics of the corporations who yeah. are making money off the war. But it's also the thought too though, Rob, that John had gone in with stop the war from 69. I mean, John, right, but it, uh, I mean, 68, you know, the Kaya peace. I mean, er, everything, the KYA. Right. Did stop the war was part of everything that John had been talking about, f- you know, for years. Right. From v- when Vietnam started and sending back his MBE. That was before he met Ruben. And, and where I think the issue comes is that I want the war to be over. And like you said, this was something that was really in, innate in John. But was it innate for him to really get that involved with the Black Panther movement, that involved with the Attica he issue? Was, he was also he, rejecting the Beatles at the time. You're and right. this is a great way to do it. Right, but is is it a phoniness or is it- I a, don't a, consider it a phoniness. I think a, a misrealization I think of what- That's well put. Of that was what, well put. Of what he thought he can change and what he realized he couldn't. That's better. And that's I, very and good. I think misrealization, that's really interesting. Because, I'll go with that. Because- if you think about it, from the time John Sinclair happens, which is the end of 71, to the time Nixon is reelected, there's a lot of hope that Nixon's not going to win it, well, on the left-hand side of the political spectrum. Then he wins. 49 states, like we said. Two years later, Watergate happened. Well, not actually, it happened before that. But Watergate becomes the main story where we find out, hey, the Nixon administration isn't as pure as they said they were. And it, I think it affected a lot of things. It would have been interesting if he had written a response album to the Nixon administration in 74, 75. Oh, now, by I then, don't... you know, he had changed because he was trying to stay in the country. He's being investigated by mm-hmm. immigration. He's being investigated by the government. And it, it changed way because he wanted to stay here. He loved being here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think he expected because he's John Lennon, partly, and partly he's a Beatle, and hey, America loved us, you know? But here were his brass knuckles getting hit to his head yeah. in, a, in yeah. many ways, That's a, yeah. and, and he didn't expect that. Well, his ego got deflated. Think about, hold on, this, this is something else. When he did the appearance with Elton John, one of the things he talked about was the fact that everyone cheered. This is John Lennon. Why aren't people going to cheer? He's, he didn't they, expect that. He didn't expect it because he was putting, I think... The government and the immigration, everything with the American people. with the American people, but the American people love John Lennon. Right, they and, didn't want him here. Right, if he took forty nine states, right, and John was against him. Yep, 
that were 49 states against John. Right. And now, also, too, we left out one funny little point, though, about talking about adding a protest song on each album. What's the next album? Mind Games. What's the closing song? Free to People. There you go. I love Free to People. That is, so there is, to, and that's a. That is a. That's a major, that major, is a protest, major song. protest song. I mean, you know, so, when you. But you're making my point for me. No, but I'm no, just no. Saying. If he had not done some time in New York City, hear me out. And right, no, I he doesn't I agree do some time in New York point. City, and he does a great song like "Free to People," which is a great protest song, right? Yeah. And now he goes all over and promotes mind games, and they say to him, "What's with the free to people?" And he gets his point across like that. He doesn't have the hassles for deportation. This album doesn't give him the the heebie-jeebies for a year. And he yeah. just moves on in his career. And you know what? I think he has a better solo career. I really do. I think this album hurt him a lot. That's why I said in the beginning there's so many consequences what, of this album. What if this album had been, other than Woman is the Nigger, the single, what if this album had focused solely on the songs that were done on the Mike Douglas show? What if things like Angela were not on the album? What if things like and Sunday Bloody Sunday were? and right? Would it have been a different record? But let's let's go. Yes, if it's it okay, let's go track or, by track. Or if he had just released them as singles, just released them as singles. That's the other thing. The, the universal song. What McCartney was doing. Correct. Look at and, what McCartney but, was. But doing. well, McCartney was so afraid that his career would get hit because it was already taking a hit for another day. Can you imagine right. if he would yeah. have gotten... Yeah. I mean, he did do Give Ireland Back, but all singles. Well, he did Give Ireland Back. He did High, 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 which was his, you know, the singles, dope song. Right. They were singles. But, singles. but yeah. Nobody was going to say he did a dope album. Right. John Lennon did a political album. <laughs> well, Paul McCartney did a dope album. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's cool, man. That is that's cool. dope. That's, that's irony. That's fat. <laughs> no, that's ironic. That's ironic. <laughs> no, but no, let's do the tracks. All right, so we're going to go track by track with the album Sometime in New York City. And we're looking at the opener. The opener we've been talking about, It's Woman is the Nigger of the World. This was the single from the album. Again, this also begins uh, or continues the trend of, of singles with a John song on the A and a Yoko song on the B. This was the big feminist statement. Now, again, I, I can't help but feel that this, while I think this is a brilliant rockin' track, it's still that idea of John the feminist based on what we know later from Election Day kind of taints a little bit. That, yeah, I, don't, I don't I don't blame him for that. No, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't do. blame him the way I do. I, no, well no, you could you could cheat on your wife and still be a feminist. <laughs> oh know? goodness. <laughs> Please send your comments to, to Rob, Rob Leonard, Leonard at Carol Beatles. No, no, what I mean is wow. you know, that's you know he, I guess you can, but you then can. you can also be I Roger L. I'm gonna say I can be a good guy we and should stick everybody. our wives on his ass. This oh yeah. Really, yeah, talk for the one guy who's yeah, not married. Well, he's not guy, and you can right. cheat on your wife, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I, no. I didn't say that. I say you could cheat I say you could be cheat on your wife and be a feminist. And still be a feminist. Yes, yes. I like women. Uh, no, right, I, exactly. No, no, no. You wanna know wow. something? As far as um that I agree with you. This we always say, you know, forget about the content of the song. Uh, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible album opener. Because of the word. If he would have used the word minority instead of nigger. Woman no. is the minority no, of the no, world? The, the word what? nigger no, has connotations. No, the whole, the whole point. I understand the point of it, but he got. Sense. I know it. It makes perfect sense. And it was also, as we said before, with uh, All in the Family. It's of its day. Yes. Yeah. And this word was of its day. But, I've but I don't think that it shouldn't have been a single. I I don't know. I I'm not sure there should have been a single. I think at it's all. the only thing that right that happened with this album. 
I honestly it's, think this it album... It is the bravest track released as a single. It's absolutely. It, yes, but you know what because it reminds of me of? the content. And it reminds me of, you know, John always had to do this. And maybe this is the way he got his point across. I don't know, but it's his bigger than Jesus, but in the solo years. It is, but it was a lot less dangerous because you're not taking on a religious, religious I mean, he, right. He, he or, did talk I think if he to, did it now, it would be more dangerous he, with that word. He, but he did talk to black leaders to explain. Absolutely. That he talked it wasn't, to everybody to explain it. And but, I don't but mean you religious know what? cult or a religious of, right, but, I'm saying. But that's important, too, because that's what he was coming from. Maybe he should have picked a better word. Maybe yeah. No, I, I think But the at point, the same time, the rest of the lyrics completely. Sort of, fit in with what he's talking yes, about. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the song goes on too long, that's all, but a lot of the lyrics are very potent, very accurate. Yep. The reason why I think the song is important is there are young people out there today who still cannot fathom that some of the concepts in the song were true. We insult her every day on yep. TV. We make her paint her face we and dance. We make her paint her face and dance. There, there are young people now who can't fathom a time when women were held in such... Uh, I won't say contempt, but maybe that is what it was. No, I don't think a it was different contempt. view. A different, different view. view. I don't think it was contempt. Um, you know, but you I know, think it was maybe a... a song like this raised awareness to a degree, which is important. Yeah, I mean, it's not "I Am Woman," but you know, no, the big problem. No. <laughs> Wow, cool, because it's the only song that has the word embryo in it, which is just, anyway, <laughs> I always love that about that. Wow, this song has the word embryo in it, far out. Anyway, but, you know, the thing about the track is, and it starts off the whole thing of the album, the production is crap. It does. It the gets, production I is it crap. But muddy it's crap. a muddy. It's a muddy song. The the, whole, it's it's whole muddy. muddy. The whole record is just a ball well, the whole of record. mud. But mud. Going to what Mitch said about you know the word, using the word nigger, you know, he did go, woman is the slave to the slaves. Right. So he sort of did soften, take it, it. soften it a little bit, which I think actually that line is even stronger than yes. if he had called it, woman is a slave to the slaves instead of woman is the nigger of the world. He would have still gotten it. I, no, I think. I don't know. Well, I think it would be different because slaves are all it was over. abolished. But yeah. it's also and it's also interesting too because it also makes your statement too mm. in a powerful way because it's also you're also still acknowledging the plight of blacks, right? By using right. the word, sla- you know, it's it's an interesting double entendre. Yeah. Yeah. to say woman is a slave but to the slaves. I mean, did, it's but the black were, women but, were even more. But in 1972, more, yeah, you had. Bigots like crazy. He did not expect this record to go number one, Mitch. I agree. That's I what I was saying before. You know, he just put it out saying, you know what, it's a, it's a, it's statement, a statement of a time and, and yeah. it's done. Throw it out yeah. like a newspaper. But I don't think, on this one, I will disagree with you, Tony, because he put it out as a single. I, th- I think... Um, he expected it to do better than maybe the whole album because it was yeah, a single. Correct. All right, so I'm going to ask this. Is track two, the B-side, Yoko's statement, better Yes, you know what? Yes, even though it, go. it bounces all over the place. Musically. There you go. Well, well musically, and, and it's really good. Yeah. Really good. It's funky. Yeah. I, there's one, a couple of vocal lines that had John been a better producer, they yes. might have gotten that new world, oh, new world, it's a actually, little more. It's a little, it's charming, though. It's very charming. And it's a, like we said before, it's a good little pop song. Great little this, pop this song. This is a very, it still bounces all over the place. Yep. But I have to bring this up because now that we're talking about song number two, did you notice that song one and two are connected about women? Yes. Song three and of four, Attica State, Born in a Prison. Yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Ends with uh, New York City. Yep. 
Then we have Sunday Bloody Sunday and, and Luck, Luck of the, of the Irish. Irish. Oh, you yeah. Know, John Sinclair and Angela, two different people yes. but who are real, though. Oh, yeah. It, it and is. And then it, it ends with We're All Water. It reads like a newspaper. But, but, it's, connected. but it's connected. There is a... Uh, a Beautiful. sort of thought process of Ding. the songs. And we always talk about that, how songs go together and how they Sequence. should go together. Say what you want about the lyrics. This is a well-sequenced record. You're right. Sequence. I'm not He's saying right. you have to like it. Okay. Although Sunday Bloody Sunday opening side two is rough. That's true. I, I would have went Luck of the Irish opening. Yes. I would have. Yes. Luck and of I the Irish oh, opening uh, into Sunday And Bloody I would have opened with New York City because that's how it ends. And I would opened with it. That's my only thing because Woman of the Nigger of the World is so muddy sounding and, and New York so City you is close, so excited. So you start with New York City, yeah. then you go into the prison songs, yep. then you close with, with the two women's songs. Well, let me ask you a question yeah. now. You know. yeah. Now, let me put it out there. So, I've talked to you about it off mic, but I'm going to say this now. Please. And bear with me. <laughs> well, sweating. because I know Yoko fans are going to get mad at me. I think this was too early for a double fantasy moment. Hear me out. Okay. Because Sisters of Sisters is a really good track. If John Lennon would have sang over this track with Yoko in the background. He couldn't have. He vocally wouldn't have been able to really do it right. Are you kidding? No. He wouldn't have been able to do it right. Her voice is like. Her voice is. He wouldn't. What would he do with Sisters? Oh, Sisters. He's not. No, so he could have done a different key. That's all I'm saying. The track itself. He could have done a different key. That's true. I'm just saying. Maybe. it's It's a poppy bouncy track I don't think the public because the public just got through with Plastic Ono Band All John I know she did her own but that's not what the Beatle public were buying alright and then imagine okay well was she now she the dragon lady bitch at this point it doesn't matter if she was or not they weren't ready for a, a John and Yoko album that's true in a way, that's true, and I think right. part of the, the, it was the only right. one until Double Fantasy. But yeah, if you think about right. it, who came out before Paul and Linda Paul with and Wildlife? Linda. No, no, uh, Ram. With Ram. Oh, Ram. And well, no, but yeah, Ram. Ram. No, but Ram didn't Lin- have Linda, Linda lead vocals. Singing. No, but it says right. it's credited to Paul. It Linda. was, no, but, but Linda's is, not doing lead Linda, vocals. Right. The right. first right. Linda vocal was "I Am Your Singer." Right. That's right. lead vocal. If you would have sang on Sisters of Sisters, sort of like they did with Every Man Has a Woman, I agree. It would have been a different feel. It wouldn't have been, oh, we have to sit there through Yoko. And, and I know I it's a so good It's so funny, vocal. no matter like how it. I try to do it in my head, I cannot in any way, shape, or form envision John Lennon singing Sisters of Sisters. Uh, but it doesn't have to be Sisters of Sisters. It could be any other vocal, any but other lyric. But then it would have been a different song. Correct. But, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. All you're trying to say is it's got a great backing track, and if they and had if not it would have been, done... Most of these have great backing tracks. If yeah. the lyrics would have been changed, not to be political... It right. would have been a different album, if, and he still could have had "Woman Is a Nigger of the World" and "Luck of the Irish." So and should it they would have been? It so, would have been a John Lennon album with a couple of protest songs on it. So should they take this album in the same way they took a whole bunch of like Woody Guthrie lyrics no. and Johnny Cash lyrics, <laughs> no. and they made new? They wrote songs to the. Should they strip Dylan, away they all? Know. And they did. The, and should have, they strip and away have the Paul lyrics? Do them. <laughs> strip away the lyrics and have Elvis Costello and and, and you know T-Bone Paul and T Bone Burnett come in and write new lyrics yes. sometime in New York City. And guess what? And use the backing it tracks. Would probably be great. Probably yeah. But no. But what I'm saying but is, but I again, don't. I I love. Love this track. I, I like Maybe it. Maybe my too. favorite on the album. It's a, it's it's like really different. 
because it's, it's so poppy, especially if you've heard Yoko Ono Plastic Ono Band, which, yeah. you know, sounds like machine guns coming at you on purpose, yeah. and, and it yeah. works because of that. But it's also even just the structure of the song. Yeah. That's what we live yeah. for now. Well, it's an easy pop, like you can clap. Totally. I, I, I bounce you my can. head bounce back yeah. and forth when I listen to yeah. it. Yeah. I bang Great my head against song. the wall. No, nice. no, come on, I don't. I like this track. I'm just Love saying it. the music is really good. But and, it's ve- and it's much better produced than the first one. It is, absolutely. Now, if we can go on, next song is Attica State. Okay. Yep. Yep. This is the, to me, this is a WTF moment, especially yep. in terms of production. Unsynchronized vocals. Sloppy. Sloppy as all hell. But that's John as his own producer. Um, almost out of tune, buried under a rotten mick. There's some really cool musicianship in this track. Yes. And really yes. cool performance. Yeah, it's yes. buried. Listen to it. Correct. That's but on the remaster, scary. I think it's clearer. It's a lot clearer. Well, it's definitely clearer. On the 2010 clearer, remaster. But it's, it sounds to me like, and again, it's the whole newspaper thing, they, he wrote the lyrics 15 minutes ago, and they're reading them to see if they can get them to fit in. Unfortunately, that's you know, what most of this album and is. And again, the over-the-top the over the top stuff that made them clowns. But they, they were clowns during the bed-in. But when you're trying to make a point about can't the issue at Attica State... No, not clowns, but you can't say a line like, free all prisoners everywhere. Correct. That's just... Sounds stupid. If you want to make a point about what went down at Attica State, well, goddamn, you can really make a point about the horror that went down at Attica State. You're not doing it by saying free everybody. But you're not... Right. You're sounding foolish. You're not getting a point. You're sounding stupid. But, But we talk about how songs connect. Born in a prison is about not just being in a prison, but no, our own personal yes. prison in many cases. But that's but a nobody took it that way. But, but nobody took Born in a... Do? Oh, I don't think so. Should they know? The, the whole idea why something like Born in a Prison got uh, ignored... Which is the next song. Born in a Prison is the next song, so we are. They're connected. We're going to the next track. The reason why that got ignored is because it's a Yoko vocal. Yes, I agree. Okay. That's, I agree. that's it. I mean, it, it's a good... That's actually My a... My point exactly what I was Lyrically better. If, if John would have done the whole album... Even if it was all the politics, I think it would have been taken more seriously. Well, I could see John singing Born in a Prison. Oh, me too. Yeah, I Absolutely. can too. The line that got me about Attica State was the line where he goes, that is that is what the people feel. And one thing about folk songs, you are suppo- not supposed to say what the people- They're supposed to feel after they hear to, your song. Yeah, that's the difference. If he had said, Rockefeller pulled the trigger, tell me if that's what you feel. Different. Yeah, it's different. Then that's or, the or way you ro- feel. Rockefeller no. pull the trigger. All I know is what I feel, or something. Something like that. It, it would have been different, but you're absolutely the, right. And 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 I'm like, you know, yeah, I, you're I not see that. To tell people I don't mind feel. Attica State. I actually like the music to it. I think it, it's a well, great. Well, we said it's that. Rocking. The music the is great. The production yeah. is great. Yeah. It, and you it's can't all have all both. It's all, the, it's if she wouldn't have been singing, though, you strip out the vocal and you just have him. It's monotone. It's monotone, and it's off, and he's still trying to fit I'm lyrics in. I'm not saying in. it's good, but it's better. And, I'm, and this is not a knock on Yoko. No, no, but it, but it's really not that much better. Uh, Their vocals are, are really crappy on I this agree, track. But, but, it, it, but again, but it's the a chorus, snapshot. The chorus is really, really catchy. The chorus you, is extremely you, you wish, catchy. You wish but, this music was used for a better song. Right. <laughs> yeah, but nobody, right. to this day, nobody's sitting there going, Attica's name. No. Attica's name. No. They're not, even Attica State's not singing it. Prisoners are going, no. No, Prisoners in Attica State are going, yeah, 
I'll tell you, the last commercial I saw for Attica State, <laughs> they definitely didn't use this one. They didn't use it. I thought oh, they used, like, I am yeah. stuck well, Pe- on Petco the Petco might use it next. Uh, Petco might use it. No, they use bend me, shape me. No, no. <laughs> you, you know, oh, Petco, Petco used Yes, I'm Your Angel. Have you well, heard that? Yes, they did, yeah. which is wonderful. Very cool. Wow, you're evil, Mitch. Anyway. Get away. Get away. You're a very bad man. We've gone on to Born in a Prison. My feeling with this is lyrically better than most of the tracks on the album. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think there's some beautiful lines. I've always loved the line, wood becomes a flute when it's loved. I just think that's a beautiful line. That's a great, it actually Mirror is. becomes a razor when it's broken. There's some really just fantastic lines in this song. Sent to a prison called school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my feeling is this could easily have been on approximately Infinite Universe. Would have been a really strong track This could have been on record. Mind Games. This could have definitely been on Mind Games. It because was, it right. would have been most noted for the inner meaning Yes. Not the obvious of well, this. Yoko wrote his credit well, right. for Born in the Prison. But. Yeah, it, no, but it's a Yoko composition. But no. you're absolutely right, Mitch. This this is the universality that we're talking Correct. about. It's missing on the on whole the rest, rest of the, of the album. album. And the problem is that it, it became sort of a protest song, not an inner meaning song, because it was on this album. If it was on Mind Games or Imagine or any other John Lennon album or Yoko album, it would have been such a different song. But that happens. And we know that happens. Some songs are placed on the wrong albums. We've talked about that. But here's the problem. You're talking about Attica State. Attica State is what? A prison. So right after that, you put Born in a Prison, and people don't think the inner prison. They're thinking prison, unfortunately. Yeah, but they're also thinking that they are connected. And then, like we said, this is connected. But one thing about John, though... I don't think John ever thought, uh, you know, if we put the two songs together on the album, they're going to think that it's a prison. I think John would say, wow, cool, we did the track of Attica about the outside prison, and then we did Born in the Nest and Inside. Wow. And everybody's going to get it, because it's, you know, it's it, they're, they're not stupid. I did. When I, when I first when I was a kid, I got it. Well, I, 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 I didn't get Born in the Prison. I, 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 did. well, I didn't. No, get, I, didn't. I didn't get this album until... The mid '90s. I never uh, heard. I it. was I was still in high school when I got this when, record, when, or, or junior, just, or whatever. Just it was. as a thing, when I first heard this record, I mean, I've heard songs New York City off it, but I heard the live version first. And Woman in the Nigger, I've heard too, but I know that from the live version. I didn't have this album at the radio station when I started doing Beatles songs. We didn't have this record. You didn't have Shave Fish for Woman Is the Nigger. We had, I'll take that back. We did have Shave yeah, Fish. Okay. Okay. okay, but we didn't have. Sometime in New York City. Right, right. So. Well, all right. Let's continue with, to me, one of the, the balls-out rockers that John's ever done. I, I, I wrote in my notes, please seek the outtakes. They are <laughs> absolutely worth hearing. Much cleaner mixes. To me, this is the only like self-referential song. that This like, is the, oh, one of the only solo th- ballad of John and Yoko update. Exactly. That's awesome. That That's is, what it is. That is a great, you know. That's wh- awesome. That is a great way of looking it's at it. Updated John. The only difference John is that John's well, much on. more specific <laughs> yes. about who he mentions. Yeah. He doesn't mention Yoko's name in the Ballad of John and Yoko. He just right. said the, the last night the wife said, "Oh boy, when you're dead." Yeah. My only problem with this song is the name dropping along the way of David Peel and you know everyone else. A little bit of rushing but of the lyrics, too. It, it, it could but that's fit. Peter Brown call to say, we can, who the hell is Peter Brown? If you but, don't know, you know. Yeah. This is, right, you don't know David Peel, really. Dropping the names, right. Da- and no, David Peel. Well, we did, but not we, many people did. Well, no, honestly, Mitch, everyone 
in New York City oh. knew who David Peel was. Everyone. But I mean, the, but you, you know, know what? There's a couple of lines where he rushes them in to try to get them in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Mm, we're, we're, but we're I killing them on the other. Uh, we're killing them on the other songs to doing that. We are, but I, this one, I think, because it has, it's ridiculous just from the outset. Mm. I mean, you know, you, when you've got lines like, you know, singing God's a red herring and drag, that's funny stuff. I mean, that is funny. This is not the radical John. This is the playful, if you it know. It was more like this. Well, it would be yeah. standing on the corner with me and Yoko Ono. Yeah. I know, but. No, it's not a great rhyme. Right. But, you know, standing no. on the corner with me, we were waiting for Jerry, you know. I'm waiting for Jerry to land. Yeah. Yeah, but is, was Jerry tripping at the time? I don't know. Seriously, that's always <laughs> no, that line. That's always the way out. I always interpreted it. Yeah, Jerry I didn't was tripping. Interpret yeah. that they were hey, at the airport. They were at the airport. David yeah. Peel gets remembered for life. For the yeah, song. yeah, and, and not that he wouldn't play on that for the rest of his life. Oh, uh, he did. Um, but to me, it's the only current thing that holds up. Partly in a way because of the humor, yeah. I think. And it's also I think you know it's uh, a still snapshot. A money production, it's, it's like I muddy, said, really very muddy. One thing about this song, which I really like, it captures the energy of New York City in many ways. It mentions many New York City landmarks at the time, and still some of them are still here. Like when he said Statue of Liberty said come, you know, that was to John. But, you know, I've been on the Staten yep. Island Ferry, and I've passed the Statue of Liberty, and I'm looking up, and I thought of that line. She yes. never says anything to me. Yeah, yes. yeah, well. Hello. Hi. How are you? So to me, and then at the end where he's sort of ad, ad-libbing badass city. And, yeah. And yeah, it, it, great. It, yeah, we're New York. Well, he's having great. Love that. Yeah. He loves that. Yeah. I, I love, I love the, this song. And just the open. Da, 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 da. It's a Stones it's a, open. Totally. And, and, but, Smoking. But they wouldn't have written it. <laughs> and Muddy Production, but Muddy Production yes, ruins it. Yes, yes, we know Look that. for the outtakes. Yes, look for the outtakes. <laughs> but I, I really love the song. I mean, it has everything you want. That's everything you want in a good John Lennon rocker. And on that note, let us uh, end part one oh of uh, yeah of of sometime in New York City. We're um, sort of partway into the album. We're ending side one of the studio disc. Uh, we've got another side to go and the live and the live album. Yeah, so we will be back and then we'll talk about again the consequences of the album, et cetera. We kind of covered some of that, but uh, join us again for Fab Four Free for All as we continue talking about sometime in New York City. I've been your moderator for this episode. I'm Tony Chiguardo. Joining me as they always do, Mitch Axelrod and Rob Leonard, and we'll see you soon. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All.